black people don't read. Black Reading is fundamental. Get a book, man. Get the great stories. The great thing about reading is that it broadens your, your life. You know, we all live our lives, but I think a reader lives a hundred other lives. Yeah. Welcome back to Inspire Reads with Inspire Entertainment. I'm your host, Shamaki Ahmed, with my co-host, Mohammed Imam. And we're back after a little break um, between episode 18 and now. Uh, is there any need to go into explanation of why we had a break? Nah, just schedules, to be honest. We just didn't have... Just different schedules, yeah. Uh, clashes of work people had, you know, assignments and stuff to do. Um, and now we're back, I guess, with with a new book, a new read, a new episode. And this episode's going to be about Animal Farm by George Orwell, which was the same author that we did, uh, that who wrote the book in 1984. Uh, I personally like George Orwell's style in terms of the way that he tries to talk about societal issues and societal problems um, rather than it just being a story about whatever it's like these uh, stories sometimes it's got you know political satire sometimes it's um, it's almost like a massive uh, like analogy. metaphor or or uh, yeah or like an analogy as well of what uh, a society like of different societies and different thoughts of how things are managed you know how they all come together and yeah so we decided to do another book by that author called Animal Farm um, before we get into this <laughs> see now now, now I want to get into challenges but obviously do you want to do you want to do that? I don't mind, boy. I told you. Take the lead and I'll follow. We're going to make a conversation out of it. That's cool. Uh, just in case, isn't it? Just in case, you know what I mean? Uh, I forgot. I'm looking for the word, but, you know, when you when you get someone else's consent, I think is the word. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, what's it called? Since this book is basically about, you know, um, it, a society being governed or a society being made, right? Let's say you were given uh, like, you know, 30 people to manage, right? Whether it's like a business or whether it's, uh, actually, you know what, right? Just to make it a bit more interesting for you. Um, where, like, let's say you've got this small nation of like 30 people, right? How would you manage them in terms of like uh, managing the resources and the incomes that they would make. Um, obviously, it depends on like what area of land you're giving me. Is it a futuristic place? Is it like, let's say, let, let's say for example, like, <laughs> let's say you're, you're given like, uh, you know, what's already done for you. You've got a bit of farmland. Yeah, what kind of farmland? Uh, Farming sweet corn, melons, wherever you want. Bananas. I don't know what farm would you what would you like? Think, uh, cotton. Think <laughs> you gonna pick some cotton? <laughs> oh my days! Uh, <laughs> cotton would be pretty profitable. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, uh, God! Uh, man, I'm gonna restart. But yeah, I think 
think uh, it'll have to be something that I guess some kind of food that could also be used for like clothing or something. For example, mm. Mm. what can be used for clothing? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think some kind of some kind of tree or something that could be like uh, all its properties could be reused for everything. Mm. Um, let's say a banana tree because they have like palm leaves and they. Um, yeah. You can sell the bananas. You eat bananas. You can use the um, palm leaves to create like uh, like baskets and stuff or clothing. I guess um, those would be like the basic way I implement those resources. Um, yeah. I guess I, for me, I think you'll need to have some kind of some set of like explorers, some scouts um, that would like go around and like visit the, the outside lands and some backups just in case one of them gets. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just in case uh, another neighboring cotton picking farm uh, <laughs> takes them out <laughs> or captures them somehow. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so dark. But yeah, um, something like that. And then you took it there. <laughs> man, I'm tired. Sorry, sorry about this. I'm absolutely knackered right now, but. No, fine, fine. I'll make it. I'll make it easier, right? Even though that was that was very, very good, right? The way for having a banana farm, uh, just to, just to make it easier instead of going through, you know, what I mean, the whole like history and world building so, here. What type of yeah, nah. What type of like leader would would, would you be to your people? I'll be a generous one. Generous, but of course, everyone says that. Lives amongst these people. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'll I'll keep a firm rule on things, but I'll, I'll it's all about like I, like I said before, your resources, um, the discipline of your people, like what, what yeah. kind of education they have, as in how educated some of them are. Um, they're all different people, so I think I'll treat everyone with respect and get, um, with different levels of uh, intelligence. I'll, I'll address them differently <clears throat> but in general i think the core values would be just to show that i'm disciplined and i'm hardworking and i'm generous so that that can reflect on my people and i think that's mm. uh, just something that i in general will try and live by in in real life as well so yeah if i was and let's say for example the goods and the resources that you make right let's say you make a profit from them yeah. how would you then divide that amongst your people Strongest also vibe in the first one first up. I've seen that video of uh, <laughs> I've seen that video where there's a uh, I don't know it's like some Asian country and some Russians have been divided and then uh, there's like different tables and then people are running at like they just like let, they just literally like yo there's the food right there whoever go, whoever gets it first um, wins basically <laughs> I'll do something yeah. like that I wouldn't I would um, <laughs> what basically I'll look at this. I'll look at what kind of laborers I have, what kind of skills they need, what kind of food they need for that, mm. and I'll divide it in that way and to, to make it so the, the people that need it the most get it, and the ones that <coughs> might be able to get by or don't have the certain skills that I need them of my people that they can like have in just like just enough to, to be, for them to be comfortable. Since you've given me an unlim- unlimited set of resources, so I, I guess everyone is comfortable. But I'll make sure that the, the ones that need it get the right get the right nutrients. So you, 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 you yeah. gave me too wide of a box to play with. <laughs> no, but and t- but just to narrow it down, then what's it called? The ones that 
let's say obviously you don't have enough to give to everyone um and and then in your society you've obviously got those that are you know your laborers right you've got the you know the proletarians um that actually work towards it would you then split everything with them or because then that would leave some that aren't able to work in the labor force like what would then they get so you mean like people who are unable to work what would they get unable to work the weak the weak the needy yeah what (laughs) (laughs) i think i have space for them nah man i don't know man that's that's a that's just like that classic if there's a train on a there's a train on and there's two tracks and then one person on one and there's four people on the other track who, who would you kill that kind of that kind of dilemma like mm. um, for me if I'm like the leader then I'm responsible for all these people so I'll, I'll do what's best in terms of the majority making sure the majority are okay so I, um, yeah. but I still want everyone to be happy so I'll do what I can to support those who are who are more needy but I think the priority would be those that are, are working because um, if I don't keep them happy then um, what happens next is uh, revolution that's sort of like that's an interesting point because uh, you know like Marxism's and um, I forgot the other guy's name I think it was like Leninism or something like that, something along those lines. Uh, they're like sort of any name, huh? it, it is, yeah, I know. So yeah, their their sort of theory was basically uh, like instead of giving the trades like straight, because obviously you've got the uh, socialism and that, which is like say the workers work for this, then they get their return. Um, their well, their theory was sort of like. Um, in fact, it's the government that sorts out who gets the the return. Um, so the work doesn't go straight back to those who that put it, put the work in, but it goes to the government, and then they sort of give it um, out to the people. So, for example, so if the government um, is good, then everyone's good. Um, but sometimes what that can lead to is like having. Uh, what's it called the government in order for it to benefit it might have to sort of starve uh, other people yeah. <clears throat> now the only, the only reason why that I've sort of mentioned that right is sort of to use it as a little um, passage into the book today that we've been reading uh, of Animal Farm where they've got these animals who essentially say you know what we're now gonna overthrow the farmer who's basically their their leader because one of the pigs called major has a dream that um they all sort of like that the animals build the farm where the animals will be run by animals themselves and within that farm you know you've got uh, the horses, you've got the sheep, you've got the pigs, uh, the dogs, and each of them are like sort of coming together to do their part to make sure that it's animals that rule the farm for themselves. Um, and one day the farmer forgets to feed them and then they essentially kick him out. Now what 
happens is in the book that there's these two leaders which are known as Napoleon and uh, Snowball. Now, Napoleon has got more of uh, like sort of this general type of uh, like outlook on the world and Snowball's got like this sort of like social outlook on the world where everything is for the animals. Even though they both essentially want good for the animals, it's just they've got two different ways of, of, of doing it. And um, what happens is Snowball, who's one pig, and Napoleon, who's another pig, uh, Snowball says that they should construct the windmill. Now, the reason why he wants to construct the windmill is so that uh, once that's done, the animals basically put in uh, less work and then they get more back. Whereas the Napoleon guy um, essentially just wanted to make more uh, crops to get more production. Uh, before I continue, do you want to say, do you want to add anything on in case I miss anything? Well, firstly, just to let you guys know, we're, this is actually the first episode where we're, we're not in the same place at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Sometimes, yeah, if it, if we sound um, like we're separate, yeah, it's because we are <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> but um, in terms of the book, I think first we can like draw comparisons to his other book, um, 1984, and other books we read, like the Giver series by Lois Lowry. I think uh, even more from this book, we can see like more influences from um, George Orwell's books that, that, that helped her write her books, in my opinion, anyway. So, um, like you said, the, the way it's written is very interesting, and um, it, it was a fresh, like it was a fresh concept, a fresh flavor, to be able to read something from like the point of view of like two <laughs> animals trying to take over, which is interesting. And then obviously driving that with uh, driving that with uh, is the metaphor um, of like societal changes and. Um, like the issues during world the world war and how dictatorships during that period as well so yeah uh, i think it's quite interesting the way you wrote it but um in terms of like where we are at the moment like snowball and napoleon is like showing that there's the, the i don't know why that he he depicted pigs as the most intelligent animals in the, on the farm i don't know why that is yeah i know what do you think it's probably because it's like pigs aren't usually considered to be the smartest you think so animals uh, i think maybe he just used that as a flip side um in terms of the animals itself but on the bigger picture i think he was uh, well what toward what happens at the end sort of um obviously i don't want to say that now but so you like you see that it was sort of uh, a metaphor almost to um like greedy humans mm. So what? Yeah, it'll, uh, it'll make more sense later on. Mm. But yeah, um, I think it's very interestingly, um, interestingly written, and I would, I would definitely struggle to come up with some a concept like this and maintain it throughout our whole book. So I, I gotta give props to the, another piece of genius um, by George Orwell. But yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, definitely. Um, you know what was also interesting was that um, when he published the book, he had to like go to each because uh, there the publishers uh, made it like uh, put it on the child children section because yeah. um, they thought it was just about animals in the farm, 
and he had to go to like each well, as many as he could don't they, don't they read the books <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's the who knows. Uh, maybe they didn't really see the bigger picture of it, um, and then he had to basically go to each one, uh, well as many as he could, and basically tell them to move it from the children to the adult section. Mm, I didn't know that. But I yeah. saw how um, it was considered a controversial piece of writing, and that he actually had to go mm. through some kind of political. He had to actually go to, to some political parties to to basically approve of it or something like that. I don't remember. I yeah. don't remember clearly, but he had to go through some lengthy procedures just to get the book published. So, um, yeah, you can see that how controversial the book was, especially when it was written, because uh, it was written during World War Two or towards the end of World War Two. And yeah, it has yeah. all these analogies and metaphors of um, like the problems with the, the problems with dictatorship and the way societies can be ruled and uh, in a corrupt way. So um, it's interesting to see someone that you can call woke, per se. <laughs> <in> that time, <laughs> Especially in that time, yeah. You almost feel like he was sort of right in it, like right now, almost. Mm. Um, yeah, even with the 1984, like a lot of the stuff that he was mentioning and saying was very, very like prevalent even to today. Like when he was talking about how the government basically brainwashes you through like their media channels. Mm. And obviously he wrote this back in like 1940 something. Um, and for, for like how now where you've got not just the TV or the radio, but you've got like phones like everywhere basically um, is just whatever propaganda that the government wants you to know about or wants you to hear about, like they've got the overall say on what we all see, which I found pretty, pretty interesting. Um, in terms of like how the animals um, took over um, the farm anyway, did you find it, I don't know, I found it a bit weird that suddenly the motivation, where, did you, where do you think the motivation came from? Is it that, that guy just had such a good speech that they suddenly wanted to change? Yeah. So, so essentially, to go back to uh, my original point, um, this this guy that I was talking about is a guy that's called Major, who was this like pig, and had a lot of respect from all the other animals, and um, he essentially had this dream where that he came up with uh, seven commandments as well for the animals to basically live by and for them to basically have their own um, like to govern themselves and to not be working for uh, the masters as you would say or like the farmers um, but rather working for themselves mm. and uh, yeah so um, yeah that's an interesting point where the motivation came from for them to to want this uh yeah, I'm not too. I'm not too sure. I don't know if it was something which they were always thinking about, or if they really loved the idea, um, right then and there on the spot. No, no. I guess it. I but, guess it's just some. Um, it's just some. It's like a. Is it? It was just like a device for him to, to like push the metaphor because in reality, I don't think. Oh, I don't think animals. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, after reading this book, I can't say this anymore, but I don't think animals have that kind of drive <laughs> anyway. Or are thinking that way. But yeah, from now on, every time I. I what to, to govern themselves? Nah, I just can't and, and, like, fight back. <laughs> what? Like, I, 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 I want to be walking. Every time I walk past the farm from now on, I'm going to be very wary. I'm going to be very wary. Like the way they. <laughs> what <are> these? <laughs> the way they were attacking the humans. But yeah, I, I just found it odd that um, that motivation came out of nowhere. But I guess it's sort of like pushing the, the idea that people, um, when they're oppressed after a certain level, like they get fed up of it, and all it needs, all it requires, is someone to to raise their voice. You know, to then that will like trigger yeah. the change. And yeah, we, we yeah. see that so many times over and over again with all these like social leaders, like social justice leaders, um, or. Yeah. Social justice figures like uh, like we like we discussed before, like Malcolm X, uh, Martin Luther King, and all these characters. So yeah, I guess that's what he was using as a device. But it, yeah, I, it's just another thing that I always have a gripe with um, forcing these kind of devices into into the right and anyway. Mm. But yeah, um, I don't think I don't yeah. think you can avoid it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not for sure. No, so then to then basically get back onto the thing, the narrative where so you have these two so from that like speech came about these two decisive uh leaders like i mentioned before snowball and napoleon and um they everything at the beginning was okay you know they all knew that the commandments were there and all the animals are now uh, sort of getting back their share on what they worked on until uh snowball came up with the idea of building the windmill which Napoleon didn't like, and it ended up with Napoleon sort of chasing out uh, the snowball figure, uh, the leader, and then he became the unanimous leader of the, the animal farm. And when he became the leader of the animal farm, he then started taking the resources himself and giving it to like his close people, whilst the the, those that were working became uh, like just workers yeah. rather than someone that rather than those that would sort of get a return from it. Yeah, which is sort of what like what I was saying uh, what I was trying to get to when you mentioned how like what type of leader do you would be and when it would come to production um, and who gets what so essentially the animal farm had that socialist approach where if you get what you you work for and then it became almost this capitalistic sort of society where um, everything goes straight to the the government and then given this so like different classes where you've got you know the aristocrats who are those leaders yeah. those rulers that get all the money and all the resources and own it. And then you've got, you know, the proletarians who are the workers who basically just live to work now. Yeah. Uh, which is like, again, like it was the way that he did this in, in the book was just so well, like it's almost genius mm. how like, it's sort of because it's like animals and because of the way that they're doing it, it's, it's, it's like you can understand easier rather than someone like making a big textbook of how different uh, isms or whatever, uh, like capitalism, socialism, communism, all of this stuff, like you sort of, 
yeah, like you understand them simply because he's put them in a view of animals. Yeah. And also like to do this in like 122 pages as well is also <laughs> genius in itself because it doesn't just waffle on about any stuff. It's just like everything's so fine-tuned. That's the thing. It is, um, like, like you said, about over, just over 120 pages or whatever. And, um, but it still felt kind of drawn out. <laughs> I think it was a tough read to get into, but yeah, towards the end it got quite interesting. Um, there was yeah. a lot of like foreshadowing during the middle and a lot of like just uh, building the story and playing it out to, to, I think, to put more emphasis on, on what was happening, you know. But um, yeah. to draw it back to, um, like you said, the two leaders that, are, that, 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 um, that basically rise, rise up after the initial um, speech from Major. Um, that's interesting because it's like a new, an, an old regime was like overthrown or it was in a process of being overthrown. And then they started thinking about, uh, no, they started um, like different characters. They all are different level because all of these are animals at the end of the day, and they all have different levels of intellect and different skills and stuff. That's the idea behind it. Um, so yeah. it's interesting that like the the ones that s- just happen to have a little bit more knowledge were able to um, step into that leadership position, even though in the beginning yeah. they were just uneducated animals. Like and they started picking up books and stuff and started um, reading and gaining knowledge and stuff, which is interesting. So it's weird because. I found it interesting because imagine um, the books that they picked up. <laughs> it's, it's weird talking about it like they're real, but imagine the books that they picked up were um, based on different ideologies. So, for example, if Snow yeah. picked up some more um, like socialist books, and then Napoleon picked up some like other kind of um, concepts, uh, maybe that could have led yeah. to the decisions that they made after. And uh, like you said, uh, you, 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 you said it as if um, it just happened to be that they had decisive uh, views um, once that, so once Snowball decided he wanted to build a windmill. But I feel like Napoleon <laughs> seemed to be a shady character <laughs> from the get-go anyway. He seemed like uh, he was always against the idea. Uh, he was always against Snowball's ideas, even though Snowball seemed to be... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Snowball seemed to be quite nice and he seemed to be for the people, you know. Um, and then, like, there's a bit more foreshadowing in that it was like Snowball, um, he was very eloquent with his speeches and stuff, and but uh, whereas Napoleon was better in between speeches, which is a very shady yeah, thing to yeah. do, you know. It's like, um, when it, it's like, like boxers, uh, for example, when they're having like boxing matches, like the build up to it. Uh, one of them might not be doing much talking, but when it comes when it comes down to it, like he, he's like a proper fighter. But uh, um, one of the other guy, the other mm. guy might be building up a lot of momentum, like just to to get the media attention on him, so that might like gain more like might, might gain more interest in the fight and uh, eventually more money for the fight. If you get what I mean. So I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, it's interesting to see that, like that foreshadowing, um, which is <laughs> used at such a basic level where these animals are, are getting more knowledge and um, they're, they're they're starting to take different views on things uh, yeah uh, I think Napoleon was shady from the, from the get go and then yeah <laughs> it continues from there but yeah yeah no yeah that's a it's a very uh, interesting point yeah uh, how you've got those guys who like you even got them like today as well like a lot of politicians that are very good when it comes to talking um, but in terms of like people skills and how to get change people's opinions by talking to them personally um they can be like very different you know what i mean yeah. uh For yeah example, i think uh, but 
like during the Grenfell remember when Grenfell Tower the fire happened the tragic fire like last year was it June uh, June yeah. yeah and I think it was June yeah yeah and then um, th- like during that period there was um, Theresa May I think just like recently got elected oh she forced her way in anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah she came in and then um, during that period like she didn't she, she didn't even bother showing up for a few days to the, uh, the, uh, to the um, place and then um, I think Jeremy Corbyn was seen there even the Queen was seen there and like the Queen was there without guards and stuff and like she was she was there without yeah. like some basic security outfit whereas Theresa May came in like all guarded up like she was like proper important so yeah it's, it's definitely interesting to see yeah. the different types of leadership and um, like the interest that they have in in the people and like how obvious you can see that is just by the way they interact with the people um, which is interesting because mm. now you're seeing like things in real life like um, Theresa May um, doing like she she um, basically went ahead with the bombings or the Syrian bombings and stuff so and that was without like I think that was without like the parliamentary decision as well um, so mm. yeah you can see how how all this um, reflects in the book as well even though it was written such a long time ago yeah and then um I also wanted to talk on a very uh, sort of important figure in in this book, which was uh, a pig called Squealer. Um, and Squealer was basically once Napoleon, once Napoleon, um, yeah, pretty much that name. Once Napoleon um, took over the group. Oh, you think Squealer would be called if he was uh, in this current time? I'll probably call him Snitch uh, or Snake or something. Uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be a. Uh, I don't know if he could be a snitch, but uh, a tattletale maybe. What tattletale? Uh, yeah. Well, well, he was a proper shady character. <laughs> He's nah, in yeah, like, of course. The whole group of Napoleons yeah, were, cool. were, were shady guys. You know, what? it's yeah, funny. But I want to draw it to like Game of Thrones comparisons. <laughs> you know that guy? Um, was it Varys? Uh, he seems to have yeah. like ulterior motives the whole time as well, but he also seems to be serving as well. He also seems to be quite loyal in some certain way, which is which is kind of like what I associated with Squealer, um, because Squealer seemed to be very intelligent himself, but he was also like, uh, well, he seem, still seemed to be loyal to Napoleon, which is weird. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to make that that um, comparison as well. Mm, well, I don't know. I would see a bit different to that. I feel like he didn't really have any major intentions of his own. He was just—I pretty much just saw him as the the propaganda of Napoleon, mm. like just someone that would basically go in between the people and just like know, man, because, bring them because back when, to, to, to him. When there were issues and like he was getting like when there were issues and it was getting like kind of um, obvious where Napoleon might have done something. Like, wrong but and the other animals might might have realized squealer was always the guy that was like calming it down and he was like sweet talking the people and like um, putting yeah. the doubts in their minds so that people animals i think he had a, he seemed to be more intelligent he seemed to be very intelligent as well so i'm surprised and there wasn't like some maybe it's a bit of foreshadowing as well because usually those kind of characters um that have that kind of intelligence usually come up to usually end up um over like like over, like taken over from the person that might have overthrown yeah, overthrown the person that mm. overthrew the other guy. <laughs> but 
<laughs> it, it just seems like such a character, like such, like you can just imagine if the book continued for another fifty pages, that that's what would have probably happened, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think about um, how the way, th- like the comparison between nineteen eighty four and this one, where um, married like things are being deleted as if they were as if they never happened, just because they weren't um, on paper. Yeah. Sort of just to get to that, I wanted to sort of go back to the Squealer guy. Um, the Squealer was basically the voice box of Napoleon, and what he would do is he would um, come out and and like sort of feed the people uh, like different inf- like new information. And for example, they had the the Seven Commandments, where each time he would come and he would sort of change. Um, the, like the endings of the commandments in order to sort of um, make uh, Napoleon's like legislation um, you know a lot more authentic so the people would like be like okay yeah sure this, I guess this is okay um, eventually it got to a point where they just can like he would write um, these books where he was the like only person that would sort of I don't know if he was the only person that wrote it, but he was the one that would tell the animals that um, since the rebellion till now that they've only been doing better and better and better and better. And the animals have no like way of knowing whether um, they have really been doing better or whether they've been doing worse. So essentially... This is like the BBC, the media. (laughs) Yeah, so essentially cutting down the like roots of... um, them sort like keeping them ignorant and out of the loop of what's um actually been happening and whereas before um where their theory of like this whole socialism thing where they were in the loop and everyone knew how they were doing it got to a point where it was uh, napoleon and his side and the rest of the animals were their own group on their own side so then this came about that division and that division ultimately then led to um, basically, uh, what's the, I forgot the, the word that I was looking for, but you know when it's like where, I don't know if it's Unitarian or like basically, no, uh, was it? where the like sort of it became like with him doing his sort of propaganda it divided the people and led to like totalitarianism which is where like um sort of like how hitler through all of the division and through this the people um being upset with world war one sort of used that um as his like launch to become powerful he Napoleon sort of used um, the propaganda of sort of deleting their old history and making this new better history with him there to sort of uh, conquer and to make sure that he was the like you know what's it called the number one ruler or the dictator of the the animal farm. It's interesting. Yeah, that's just that's sort of what I wanted to get to, which sort which. That in itself also does sort of bring uh, like a little bridge of similarities between the 1984 book and and this one here, 
where obviously they've they had that hate speech in 1984 for like two minutes no was it two yeah. minutes they like they, sort of just cursed the leader no the they yeah. two minute hate speech are they cursing the um the the, the other yeah. side so yeah uh yeah so and and basically um being sort of controlled and having the media where it does stuff like that until you sort of forget the past in a way and once you like forget the past then all you know is this world that you're living in so you don't know what's right or what's wrong it's just everything that is happening at the moment is okay and it, and it all makes sense which is what uh, Napoleon strategically done the same way that um, what's it called the same way uh, through through Squealer, yeah, the like same way Hitler done as well, and the same way Stalin did in in Russia as well. And that's uh, so that's how, that's that's how I'd say you could find some similarities between uh, that uh, between the Animal Farm and nineteen eighty four in terms of how the media was used. And it's also interesting how they keep the citizens are doing all the work ignorant as well. Like they, it, it's just like they're constantly working to no avail, and it doesn't seem like they're yeah. it doesn't seem like they're heading. It doesn't seem like they're working towards any um, specific goal. Or they just seems like, like the windmill is just another metaphor for like yeah, this is gonna be like the, our, our our place is gonna be great, uh, um, but. No one seems to know what what that actually means, or no one seems to know mm. like um, where, like how prosperous they would be after that. They just seem they're just working for the sake of it, and um, yeah. it's weird because reading this book, like and re- reading these kind of books and um, hearing these kind of stories, I don't know, man. I've slightly, slightly become desensitized to, to all this idea, all these ideas, um, because I feel like if I read these things, if I can, all these isms, yeah, all these, <laughs> all these isms and. Um, all these like society like um, like how how bad it is. all the, I don't know man, all these negative aspects of society and how it's ruled um, all these different stories I don't know I think I, I, if I read these like five years ago I would have been more taken aback by them but um, now yeah. that I'm here <laughs> and I'm like more mature and I can I can see things with my own eyes um, it, it's just all sorts of, it, it, for me it's just like comparisons it's nothing new you know so yeah, yeah, I wasn't really taken aback by the book like in that way. But I think if I read it a few years back, then yeah, it would have been different. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I definitely think this book would be because um, obviously at first I had no idea what it would be about. It was only until I got really into it that I was like, oh snap, this is like a metaphor to different um, isms you could say, or different types of societal structures. Uh, out there, um, but no, it would have to be something. Obviously, I'll, I'll read again um, now with a bit more understanding and being able to read between the lines. Um, and another interesting part is in the end where um, the the Napoleon guy, they he like the pigs then begin to start walking upright, like on their feet. Um, and holding whips and it gets to a point where they're literally like sort of enslaving the the other animals so that they're like it's just crazy how it started off 
where, where it was like, yeah, all of us here together, um, like let's all work for each other, to then it becoming divided and then it becoming uh, this one leader and then from the one leader it becoming this thing where he's now the number one ruler to then now enslaving Basically like the, the, yeah, the animals yeah, very depressing uh, yeah like it's just it's just literally so mad how um, how that like how that whole part there was and in the end the the pig who's Napoleon has um, like um, also he invites the other farmers or humans who they've had battles with before they inv um, they invite them into like this little what was it a barn or somewhere where they were playing the, the, um, main, house. the main house of the Fire. old human that owned them yeah um, and they were just playing cards and stuff like that and the other animals are looking at them like like right, what's going on here mm. and in the book he sort of says that the animals couldn't tell between who was the pig and who was the man because the pig started learning started doing all the mannerisms of what the men uh would do maybe that's why uh, um he related to the pigs being maybe that's why he referred to the pigs being the most intelligent animal because i think he wanted to make this final metaphor uh men are well men yeah are that's that's what yeah <laughs> That's what I was. That's what I thought. That's what I was saying at the beginning, where it might have been, uh, you know, a metaphor that uh, pig, like yeah, men are pigs basically. <laughs> and yeah, always uh, be indulgent and being corrupt, and yeah, I guess indulgent. Yeah, that's what like that's the problem with like, uh, like how societies are. Like even in like for example America, where it's like capitalism, <laughs> you've got that can bring about uh like the inequality where you've got obviously you've got the rich and then you've got the middle class and you've got the the poor the at the lowest and um what the, the and then you've got colleges that are like you know crazy expensive to get into even like in the uk you've got like you know the ones where like the prime ministers and i go to yeah which is like eton or something yeah how like that's like massively rich and like exclusive to like those like group of people yeah um where it's not like fair in the sense that you don't go there through merit or through ability or talent it's like if you're you go there through like generational wealth like if if your parents were rich and etc and they're able to get you into there or you're from a certain class or certain background then you're able to 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 reach um, that or go to that thing uh, college. Whereas like, if you're not, even places like Oxford and Cambridge and these big unis in England, it's like things like that. When I was younger, I didn't even have, a, I didn't even like think about going to a place like that. You know? Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't even like cross your mind exactly. Yeah. And like it's crazy how that sort of sewed into us like from such a young age where it's like we already know that there's a glass ceiling that there we can only reach so far even though it looks like we can reach that places but in reality it's like nah like you can't you know what i mean you can't get there and and then where you've got different places like um in finland where they practice like socialism yeah. where they sort of because 
what capitalism does it, it makes those classes the working class the the rich class and like the poor class so in order so Finland tried to break that obviously it's difficult because yeah. Yeah, um, the thing where they were giving everyone like an equal salary or something regardless of whether they're working or no no yeah that but also in terms of like um education um their top universities like anyone has a chance to get into them like we're talking the top ones it's not a matter of like um whatever family come from or how rich you are it's like literally if you're smart enough to get that's there the these days then you've got the these days you see it more and more um you see more um different, like working class people getting into these bigger unis and stuff and uh like in you see all these like american videos of like this like there was a kid recently who got accepted in like all top 20 universities in america or whatever yeah uh, you see more and more no, of those these. yeah those so you see more and more of these a few but videos isn't do you think yeah. to a certain extent like these are just like the token guys like um, there's like a quote that they want to fulfill just to say that yeah we are diverse well like Obama what do you mean having a having a black president just to say yeah look we can have a black president despite the fact that they didn't really do that much despite like he wasn't really different like in terms of class but like the, the thing is with like Obama obviously is like he he wasn't like a typical you know I mean he was he was obviously his like family were a bit well off compared to like say someone from like Harlem or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know? uh, I, it's not really the same, but I'm say, saying like, do you think it's just because like even with jobs nowadays, they, they, in, in the working environment in England um, anyway, they have this thing where mm. um, you have to employ a certain amount of people from uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like BAME stuff. Um, so, mm. do you think that the unis are also doing that? These top unis are like doing it more for that rather than actually um, accepting people because of their skill and their knowledge and like, the work that they're putting in. Yeah, you never. They might do. Um, I don't want to say yes for sure, but even with like uh, the parliament, um, you know, in like the House of Commons with the seats, they they like made a thing where fifty percent of them have to be. Uh, women it, it, yeah no, like just uh, just like women um, in general getting uh, like 50% of the seats or whatnot um, just to sort of fill that um, quota that, that quota yeah but then again that always comes with the question of like um, like, are, like are people getting there because of merit or like for example let's say you were given a job and you found out that you were only given that job because you were black, not because they thought you were great. Well, how would that, how would that make you feel? Uh, I'd be like, bro, give me that money. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I would feel, I'll definitely feel, um, feel conflicted because uh, my, let's say like a brother, like someone that you really cared for could have got it and they might even be more intelligent than you. Or you just happen yeah. to be like Like that. literally, yeah, like literally someone that's much smarter than you, like much more talented. Um, and the thing is, you know, <laughs> and the thing is, you know that they're more talented or whatever, but um, like you're just getting that because you have to fill that agenda. And then even when you come in, like you've got that sort of feeling like, like ah, I'm only here to fill their sort of like checklist thing and that I am pretty much disposable because I'm not, they don't see me as an asset. So, I mean, it's what happens when you read this book. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like anyone can be disposed of. 
yeah, uh, it's definitely like it will definitely be an internal conflict. But I, I don't think that you'll ever like, get the feel. I don't think that that will ever be open to you. I don't think you'll ever get the feeling like that, that was actually the case. So uh, that was yeah, it was a false false negative. So issue. until then, ignorance is bliss, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it would have been interesting to see if he how he would have like woven that concept into the book. Like maybe he could have put uh, instead of just having pigs the whole the whole time. Maybe you could have put. Um, for example, like uh, in Hitler's reign, he had, he had his all his whole Aryan race thing and like the perfect human race, but yeah, he was a, yeah. yeah he was a brunette or whatever, or he had some kind of Jewish ancestry himself. Yeah. So it would have been interesting to see how like maybe they they could have like teased some of the other animals to say that um it's like someone can get here by merit, but really it's not the case, you know. But uh, I guess it, it, that's just that's also another kind of forced thing where it's unnecessary. But um, it doesn't really play a big role into the, the plot. But yeah, mm. uh, definitely an interesting book to read. Um, you want to wrap it up on that? Or you got more? Yeah. So <laughs> now, obviously, with like with this book, there's so much more that you can like right get into. Yeah, like the in terms of like, because obviously you look at how society is around you and how you've got characters like Squealer and like the media um, that's not really that only push like agendas. their own agendas yeah. like for example like what I've been thinking of is like how when there's like a terrorist attack even though they're not like that common compared to like knife stabbings they get like a lot more like press coverage and like all sorts of stuff yeah but when like you're being told that there's been like back-to-back stabbings even um, recent, even in recently, in London alone, a thing that was um, like London's knife like uh, uh, stabbings or killings in London um, had overtaken the ones in New York. Like that was another stat that was publicized by the media, and that was pretty like wide. And a lot of people were panicking about it, and then. Um, people looked into it a bit more, and they, they, it, all it was was that London. The London rate had stayed steady, and the New York rate was dropping, rather than the London rate increasing. So yeah, there's definitely yeah. a thing where stats are played like messed around with, it and that those um, fake comparisons are, are made, and then the the mass like uh, the mass media like you know, like just swallow all that all of them pills, you know. Um, that's the other thing that is like they keep keep them ignorant. For example, then nine k a year to go to uni. Um, that's another example of them keeping pe- like pe- people keeping people ignorant. And uh, uh, well, yeah. once you look into the stats and finances of the UK, for example, um, money can easily be withdrawn from other areas. Uh, even the NHS money could easily be withdrawn from other areas and um, handed or uh, invested into the education system or into the health system. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of comparisons we can we can draw from this book into real life yeah like yeah definitely um but yeah that's pretty much all i've got to really say on it do you guys want to add anything on or is that, I think that you I think good pretty much wraps up the book um gucci yeah. a rating like you always do yeah i'll give a rating here it comes dum, dum, ah. dum, 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 dum. I'm gonna give it a seven. Oh no! Why is that? Why not eight? Huh? What is the difference? Because because I knew you'd <laughs> you'd say eight. Well, I'd be <laughs> now joking. I'll give it. 
I would give it a seven because obviously it took um, like a bit for me to sort of get into the read um, and it was a bit of a drag at times but obviously now I know like it was for like a bigger like meaning and stuff uh, that's what sort of pushed it up uh, was it to, to what's it called was huh? it before? Uh, to be honest it wasn't any lower I don't know why I said that I just thought yeah I, I, you know what I'm just gonna say that it's a seven I liked it <laughs> It was good. It made me think. No, mate, mate. No, there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It just, it <laughs> just quantifies it. You know what I mean? Is broken. Nah, people need that. You know what I mean? Your, your if, agenda if, is all wrong. People need to know the truth. Nah, it's not. If, if like, it makes more sense. Like that's why you films have got like ratings of like five and there's rotten tomatoes for a reason. You know what I mean? It's not. No, it, it helps to quantify. <laughs> everyone's opinions into like one sort of thing where it gives the generic answer and in that in this case here with the book like i can say i liked it because of this this i don't like it because of this it means nothing but when it comes to when it comes to i told you the real dislikes was that it was just a bit of a drag so you take but when it comes to the overall ratings yeah that's but nothing will be a 10 anyway no, so no, that's the I, thing I'm, I'm not saying that but in other books you haven't given such a harsh drop just because it was a tough read nah um, because obviously obviously just because like at the beginning I didn't know that this this whole thing was a massive metaphor for yeah but once you did realise that then surely should the, the range then that's why it was that's why it was a 7 7's a good 7's a good yeah, rate yeah, I don't know why you're trying to get onto seven me 7 is just above average that's a, uh, what? It's, it's, it's a good rating. It's not just no. above average. So give it an eight <laughs> it's too above average. <laughs> I'm going to give it a I seven. I think five is a bad rating. And I think six is average. And I think seven is just above average. And then eight is like, yeah, getting there. I guess one of your favorites. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll give it okay, a seven. Fair enough. I won't, I won't argue. What are you trying to do? Huh? <laughs> trying, to, trying to force it on me to say it. <laughs> so I can continue my agenda. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Um, nah. Would you read it again? Yeah, yeah. For sure. Nah, not me. Like I said, I'm kind of getting desensitized to these books. Man. I think I need a break from them. I, I just don't, I don't enjoy them that much. They're just depressing. <laughs> Nah, I'm very much interested into. Yeah, uh, I've always been interested in the whole ism yeah, stuff, yeah, you have. socialism and <laughs> capitalism, Marxism, and I have to make my own. <laughs> sure, Marxism is just right there for taking. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, I I I, I like the book. Um, definitely was a drag to get into, but um, once I got into it properly, and um, I I got the metaphor from the from the get go. But yeah, I didn't. I just felt it was a bit of a drag in terms of detail. I think he was detailing too many things. I think something should have been left out. Um, so I wouldn't. I, I'm not gonna read it again, but um, I would recommend the read. I like the book. Um, just didn't love it. Um, yeah, that's Animal Farm. So, you, so we're gonna rate. We're gonna rate out of ten. Rate it in no rating because I don't read books like that. So uh, Animal oh, Farm. Word, look at this <laughs> Go read it. Yeah, that's not what you you rated the other books. You rated um, no, no, that was just to, to go along with the consensus. 
Yeah, so 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 why is there any different for this one? I'll give it I'll give it a seven as well. What what happened to socialism? <laughs> I'll give it a seven as well then if you're if you're gonna force me to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why not an eight? It's, it's definitely not an accident book. <clears throat> in my opinion, anyway. Um, that's just my my view because I'm just like, I'm getting to the point where all of this is just becoming normal to me, and I can see it in everyday life, which is very depressing. So I don't want to read it in my books. <laughs> and obviously, it's like, well, what don't you want to like sort of make a change? Yeah, but I mean, I can see all these issues, so uh, I'm going to make my change in my own way. But, uh, uh, I don't see. Nah, so, so you look at what's wrong with her, and then you you you, you rectify it. But how can you not know? How can you know what's wrong with you if you don't read it? No, nah, I'm I'm saying I think I've read enough at this point. <laughs> I've got I've read <laughs> enough of these kind of books <clears throat> to to get the idea, the general idea of the way the the, the system is working against us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the that's the overall truth. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, that's Animal Farm by George. The only way out is to go to Africa. The only way out is to go to Africa. A village in Namibia. Namibia. Why is that? Why huh? Wakanda? Nah, come on. Wakanda has snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, if they've got vibranium out there right now <laughs> and nothing's changed, come on now, let's be serious. That's, 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 that's totalitarianism right there. Agreed. The evil people of Wakanda. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Animal Farm by George Orwell. Go read that. Go read Nineteen Eighty Four, and then go and read The Giver by Lois Lowry, and then let us know what you think of the comparisons and why I think um, Lois Lowry collected most of her ideas from this book, or both of uh, or George Orwell's writing in general. So yeah, uh, it's a good book. Yep. And when we announce in the giveaway next week or Sunday even next week so Sunday we're announcing the giveaway winner. Um, for me personally, I think the, the window is closed. People have had eno- enough of a chance to enter. Um, I think we'll announce it on episode 20, and then from then on, we'll be moving forward with some bigger and better things, hopefully for season two. Mm-hmm. El finale. All right, and with that, we've been your boys from Aspire Entertainment on Aspire Reads, and uh, yeah, have a good week. Free at last! Free at last! Thank God Almighty! I don't know.